Good morning and welcome to episode 695 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Perspectives, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com, where you can get all the baseball information you need without being investigated by the FBI. <laughs> right? So That's why right. Hack, why hack when you can just for, for $30 a year with promo code BP, you can get more information than the Astros even had. Yeah, can't get trade talks, but almost everything else. Yeah, and trade talks we know are nonsense. Mm-hmm. All right, so then, uh, hi Ben. Hi. You're with Grantland, aren't you? I am. All right. Um, do you have anything to talk about? You know, we didn't mention that Billy Hamilton played against John Lester. Remember when we were all excited about that happening early in the season, and then it didn't happen, and oh. because Billy Hamilton was scratched, and we yeah. got a million tweets about it. And it happened this Sunday, Sunday, and Billy Hamilton stole five bases against the Cubs. Five bases? Three against Lester, I think. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's see. What's the appropriate fun fact for that? More stolen bases than J.J. Hardy has in his career? <laughs> Is that a good that, one? I guess that always works. Is it true? It's not true. He's oh. got eight. Oh, too bad. And there's not, unfortunately, J.J. Hardy is an outlier as a guy who has single-digit stolen bases but is not considered fat. Yeah. Let's see, five stolen bases, I don't know, more than Joe DiMaggio's career high? Ah, it's not, he had six (laughs) one time. Ah, what are we going to do, Ben? We need a Billy Hamilton fun fact. More than the Tigers season leader or... Some teams got to have no team with five stolen bases yet, right? You would think so. Who's the best? The Tigers have Anthony Ghost, so it's not going to be them anymore. Cardinals? Yeah, the Tigers run now. The Tigers are like leading the majors in stolen bases last time I checked. You're kidding me. Oh, and Kinsler too. Who do, who do they have besides Ghost and Kinsler? Iglesias, Iglesias steal? Does he steal bases? Oh, Hayward has six. So the Cardinals have somebody who has more than... Five stolen bases. Let me just see if anybody qualifies. Tigers so. rank third. Tigers rank first in the AL in stolen bases. Who's last? Oh, and Rajai Davis has 14, oh. so that's why. Of course. Last is the Dodgers with 14. Oh, wait. The Dodgers have 14 stolen bases? Uh-huh. Wow, that's not many at all. No. But they... Okay, so... But they do have somebody with more than... All right, more than... I got it, Ben. There okay. it is. On Sunday... Billy Hamilton stole more bases than the Mets season leader. That's a poorly phrased, but let, uh, if Billy, uh, you know what I'm saying. If no Billy Met- Hamilton were on the Mets, he'd be leading them in stolen bases from that one game. See, <laughs> That's not a good way to put it either. <laughs> very poorly done. No Met has stolen. No Met. The Mets are bad. Wait, no, that's not what, that's not a good one either. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Mets are actually very good as well. Yeah. It's weird to have what is it? So this year we have the Royals, the Mets and the Astros are in first place. Yeah. Uh which are the I mean the uh, I guess the Phillies probably have been punchlinier lately. But those are those are basically the three sweet spot teams for making fun of as of like two or three years ago. So mm-hmm. it's weird. Baseball. Yep. All right. So we're going to talk about the Cardinals and the Astros and the what they're calling the hacking situation. Yeah, which seems seems like a generous term for what 
went on. Not that we know exactly what happened, but based on the way it's described in the New York Times report by Michael S. Schmidt, it doesn't seem like hacking hacking kind of connotes, you know, like some some guy writing code in a dark room at night and the computer screen is just scrolling down with numbers and characters and it's very complicated and advanced and this seems more like a case of not changing passwords Mm -hmm. um so let's see uh how should we introduce this um this is the fourth talked about it twice uh, actually three times three times (laughs) in a way this is the fourth time we've addressed this topic in episode 386 i believe uh listener michael or matthew one of the one of the m's yeah one of the one of the mats one of the mats thank you one of the mats emailed us and wanted to know whether we thought in this data rich age uh some team would hack into an opponent's data and um at the time we were somewhat skeptical i went back and listened to this that it would happen uh and uh my point was mainly that teams aren't uh, teams would generally trust their own information over another team's information. That for the most part, I don't think there's a lot of unique information besides, like you say, the trade rumors, which would be good for gossip, uh, but maybe not necessarily helpful. But there's not a lot of unique information. There's different, uh, there's different assessments of information from team to team. And that I think most teams would trust their own assessments rather than another's. So I said at the time that teams are much more worried about their secrets being stolen than they're actually interested in any other team's secrets, and that a lot of the closed-offness that leads to these uh, proprietary databases is some somewhat paranoia. I don't think that there's a, a huge interest in knowing, uh, you know, how another team scouts a player uh, or whatever. Uh, but we weren't. It wasn't a completely comprehensive conversation. We we did talk about some areas where it would be useful. It'd be useful to know. It might be useful to know, for instance, how a team was planning to pitch your players or what their advanced scouting reports said about your players. Although I'm guessing there's not a huge variety there either. You can probably just tell by how the previous team pitched your players because uh, it's probably pretty similar from team to team. Um, and ultimately, we just decided, you decided, not you, you said that you thought that the penalty for getting caught would just be uh, probably so onerous that a team wouldn't even risk it. Which is uh, great because uh, like a month ago we talked about what the penalty would be for hacking into a team system when we did uh, the uh, Pretend You're the Commissioner and You Caught a Guy Cheating episode. Uh, And at that time, when asked what the penalty would be if you were caught hacking into your opponent's uh, database, you said a fine. (laughs) A fine. (laughs) Nobody would do it. Because they might get fined. A big uh, fine, though. Okay, you didn't say a big fine. Uh, I think I, I think I did. Uh, and and we had a, a long, a relatively long discussion about how how a team could be discouraged from doing this, um, and determined that it's kind of difficult. There's not a lot of uh, grit, there's not a lot of good penalties available, particularly for front office misdeeds, um, other than fines. This was when I suggested. The one player has to play in jeans uh, <laughs> penalty, uh, and um, uh, but we ultimately didn't know what a good penalty was. A suspension of the GM for a year if the GM was implicated. Uh, draft picks was mentioned, uh, and so that is still an outstanding issue. These are both still outstanding issues. How likely is a team to do it, uh, and or what, what would a team gain? 
Uh, and what would the penalty be? And then in the middle, we talked about the uh, Astros ground control information being leaked publicly, and we now seem to know that that was the result of somebody, at least uh, somebody in the Cardinals system and not just generic dude on the Internet uh, finding this. So Allegedly. Uh, Allegedly. <laughs> Yesterday we talked about the, the Smash Mouth frontman meltdown, and throughout the day when I went to Facebook, the side of the thing, the Facebook news feed, kept saying Smash Mouth frontman allegedly <laughs> um, like goes off on crowd after having <laughs> bread thrown at him. Like There were hundreds of eyewitnesses. <laughs> it's a very distinctive guy, the guy who was holding the microphone at the Smash Mouth concert. Ben, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to defend those headline writers. Okay, we can't, we can't say for sure that that wasn't Sugar Ray. <laughs> That's true. They often tour together. All right, that's a good joke. Good joke. <laughs> yeah. Good joke alert. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's first. I don't know how you want to talk about this. First, though, let's talk about whether this fits into our first our first episode when we talked about a team doing this. It does not seem like this was an effort to gain a competitive advantage, particularly, correct? That's what the tone of the article implies. It seems to suggest that these were disgruntled former co-workers of Jeff Lunau, who maybe were annoyed that Lunau had taken information that he had worked on or someone had worked on while he was with the Cardinals and was applying it with the Astros, and they were, I don't know, looking to see whether he did that or get back at him somehow it the the way that the new york times report is phrased it sounds more like more like revenge or just just fishing than actual an, an attempt to to like find out something that the astros were doing so that the cardinals could apply what they were doing it was more like the opposite i guess to see if the if the astros were using stuff that the cardinals had but we don't know all the details. We don't, and you could even you could even conjure up a more innocent narrative that this was essentially like a prank or you know relatively immature behavior that was intended to kind of embarrass uh, or you know you're bored. I mean, the fact that I don't know the 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 mo- it seems to me that just knowing how humans are, like I can see the temptation. Like when I, for instance. Everybody has left a job and had, you know, various passwords at the job that you were at. And I think a lot of people at some point have tested to see whether those passwords still worked. I've done uh, it. You're, yeah, you're not. You've done it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> ben, uh-huh. is there anything you that I'm going to find if I start? Bob, look into uh, site activity. My baseball perspective password still works. So, for instance, I know somebody who was at the register and then left, and then a couple years later was like, oh, man, this article that I wrote is still the first thing on my Google results, or it's pretty high on my Google results. And so just went in back into the system. You could call it FBI. I could call it a hack, and deleted the article. (laughs) And so there's that sort of thing. There's... Uh, I one time had a friend whose email I was able to access. And because I was 19, uh, every once in a while, I would go in and like change. 
her email settings so that they would be absurd to work with. Uh, and so like you do that sort of thing and that's fairly innocent, like not what you want your grown adult employees doing, obviously, Mm -hmm. but fairly innocent. And so I think you can definitely conjure up a narrative where this is like, dude, I bet we could figure out Jeff's password and do this. Uh, Now, the fact that they then, that they, they then allegedly, presumably might have appeared to have perhaps, uh, leaked it to Deadspin elevates it, right? Yeah. Or leaked it. Uh, Somewhere, put it somewhere that someone else leaked it. Yeah, yeah, leaked it somewhere that someone else leaked it. So anyway, the point is that our initial discussion about using this access for a competitive advantage, the fact that that's not really even seen as a particular issue here kind of confirms what we were saying, right? That they didn't, uh, I mean, that nobody's in that New York Times article an, a large issue is not made of the potential competitive edge that the Cardinals got or could have got, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your reading, your reading of that article is as mine was that it pretty pretty much glossed over that aspect of it. It did, yeah. This would be like if a guy was caught doing, um, you know, steroids, and but you find out that he just likes the feeling of steroids, like steroids make him kind of high, and nobody thinks that steroid works; that it's just placebo anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. a little bit. Perfect, perfectly relatable analogy. <laughs> Necessary. I don't, my point wasn't clear, but now that I've made up the steroid that gets you high but only works as a placebo example, everybody understands it. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, so that's one thing. I mean, it it remains the case that in this modern era, clubs are collecting massive, massive troves of data and putting them in a central location that through either lazy hacking or sophisticated hacking is probably available to a team that wants it enough. And yet I still feel like the best answer that we have is that this data is not all that useful. Yeah, maybe that could be, I I mean, I don't know. Have it, it kind of, maybe it wouldn't be useful to the Cardinals. It seems like there are teams that, you know, for some teams having access to another team's entire system would be, would be valuable just i mean there are there are data sources that some teams use that other teams probably don't use or things that they put on their site i mean having having seen one of those internal systems there's a lot of useful information on there if you don't know anything yourself already so it just kind of depends how sophisticated your own team is really and maybe the cardinals are very sophisticated and maybe they didn't get a whole lot of it out of it, and maybe Lunau was still kind of drawing on what he had known with the Cardinals at that point with the Astros, and so maybe there wasn't all that much new and useful yet. But I still think there would be enough to justify it if you could get away with it. There's enough incentive to to try. Okay, Ben, let's let's do a little let's do a little uh, thought experiment. You're a major league team. You have hacked into, uh, it can be the Astros, it can be a different team if you want, some team's system. L- what is, what are you going for? What's the, what are, you have five minutes. <laughs> and you're in, you're in the grocery store shopping spree and you're just funneling things into your sh- shopping cart. What are you going for? Give me your, say your top five things you're looking for. Huh. Well, if it's like a division rival, I would probably go for the advanced scouting reports on my own hitters. 
you play them, you know, 19 times a year or whatever it is, and can see what their strategy is, and that would probably be useful. Uh, so that's probably the first thing I do, assuming I play them a bunch of times a year. I would go to, I'd go to just a player card and see what's on there, basically. I'd see if they're looking at stats that we're not looking at. If there's anything there I don't understand. The problem is if there is something I don't understand, I only have five minutes to look at it, and I'm not going to figure it out in that time, or figure out how it's calculated in that time. But it would be useful at least to see what stats that team considers useful and what they look at. I'm going to let you take some of this stuff with you. You have five minutes to collect. Okay. Well, I just go around snapping screenshots of everything then. Oh, so you'd be a screenshotter. You'd you'd just be getting screen grabs to see what their thought process was. Basically. Yeah, right. If I could, if so I could. So the information, the information itself is irrelevant to you. You just want to know what information they're collecting. Well, if I could screen grab or export the scouting reports, I would do that first, probably. But otherwise, I would just go around and see what's there, basically. Because in five minutes, you don't have much time to to analyze it. But if you get pictures of everything, then you can go over it later. So I think that I would want scouting reports on my own players mm-hmm. would be one. Uh, I would want all of their player development assessments of their own players. Like that, that would actually be number one. The first thing I would probably do, and I, and that sort of goes to the point. I mean, we know that teams have an advantage in uh, assessing their own prospects than other teams have in assessing those that team's prospects. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like pendants are generally won or lost on this information. And you would you ha- you get into this proprietary system, and all you get is one team's assessments of their own prospects. Most the overwhelming majority of which you'll never be in a position to acquire uh, or make any use of. That feels like pretty low return on this. Yeah. So maybe that's not number one. But I would probably want that. I would want scouting reports uh, on my own team. Uh, like the advanced scouting, anything that would go into advanced scouting. And then I would want all the trade talk, 90% for gossip reasons, <laughs> and maybe 8% for uh, usefulness reasons, and then 2% for useful gossip reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, like to feed it to reporters, <laughs> basically, <laughs> in exchange for them. Like it would have, maybe it would have a more, that would be the, maybe the equivalent of having unlimited wishes. If you had unlimited gossip, you might be able to get unlimited gossip back for it. And I, I would like the gossip, mm-hmm. but there's not a, yeah, there's still not a lot. I'm, I'm maybe I just, I don't know if I have a bad imagination here or if I don't know what's in these systems well enough. Hmm. Well, I don't know. It depends. There could be reports that, that you never would have known existed or i mean going back a few years if you had gotten into some system that had a framing report or whatever then you then you get the framing report and you know that that's an important thing or that the team considers it an important thing maybe you weren't even thinking about that so there could be other stuff i mean maybe some team has a statcast report up and working now and other teams haven't gotten that together enough to to produce that sort of thing yet so maybe you can see how they're using that data and what they're what kind of reports they're generating from it and who's good at at those things that they value and that would be maybe useful as you try to replicate it in your own system so you're probably more optimistic than i am about various teams having clear edges on this i i mean i would 
like I would figure I would already have my own guys working on this, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't necess- I wouldn't expect their guys to be that much ahead. And I mean, yeah, you could you could luck into that. You could hit just the right team at just the right time. Uh, and if, I guess if you had constant access to all twenty nine other teams, then you would assuredly have that. Although then you'd have a you'd have a lot of staff work, probably staff time just spying. Which is probably worthwhile. I mean, how much do you have to pay a guy to spy on major league teams? Mm-hmm. How much could you charge a guy to be that? <laughs> yeah, people would do that, that for free, for sure. They definitely would. Um, so maybe that's not an issue. But you know, you'd have to, you'd have to replicate everything to figure out if they were doing it all right. And so, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. I just, I don't know how much there is of that. Mm-hmm. It really. really differentiates one team from another i mean if you had the access to if you weren't the cardinals yeah to the astros amateur scouting database to be extremely important but the cardinals already basically had that right i mean that's mm-hmm. what they were that's what was checking to see if that was the case maybe yeah so if you were any other team that would be huge yeah although you'd still have to figure out how to apply it just because you have whatever spreadsheet the cardinals have doesn't mean that you'd be the guy who drafts trevor rosenthal and converts him to a relief ace or drafts Matt Carpenter. I mean, there's a lot of ways to mm-hmm. to probably read that spreadsheet. Download a copy of the Cardinals Way with the new <laughs> the new section on corporate espionage. Uh huh. <laughs> you could. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, so I guess two questions remain. One, obviously, we don't really know what's going on here yet. But uh, do you have any different opinion about? what the punishment should be. What did they say at the time that just fines and, and whoever did it should be fired or suspended or something? I think that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we said at the time, the first team to do it would probably have a lighter penalty just because, I mean, I guess, you know, there are actual laws that the FBI is investigating this for a reason and so they could is this against the law really to type in a guy's password <laughs> it seems like it shouldn't be right craig Cacatera I... wrote about it and uh he seems to think that it would be a violation of the computer fraud and abuse act i almost don't want a penalty i mean we are a sport that celebrates sign stealing uh-huh. and i just don't feel like the well, like this this is precedent setting you know the the reason that we celebrate sign stealing is that Somewhere along the line, the precedent was established that it was gamesmanship and not super serious. And we get to decide, not we, not you and me, but the sport gets to decide right now whether this is going to be a wrinkle in the sport that makes it interesting and adds a level of subterfuge to it, uh, or whether we're just going to, you know, penalize people in the smithereens whenever they try it. And you can make the case for either one, but I mean, it's not, I, I'm, I've gone back and forth throughout the morning, but it doesn't seem super serious to me. Oh, it does. It does seem serious. Right? I mean, you don't want people hacking. What if they hacked in and, like, leak all, like, did a Sony thing and leaked all, like, that would, you don't want to live life. No. Thinking that all your stuff is going to be on Deadspin. It's, you know what it is? I'm going to say that it's, it's, it's just mean. Like, that's what it was. This was not a cheating thing. I don't even think baseball should take care of it. I don't know who should take care of it. God? I'm not sure. The FBI? I guess the FBI, but it doesn't feel like a big legal thing. It doesn't feel like a big competitive thing. It feels really mean. Like, this is mean stuff to leak it. 
more than anything, the crime is just like, hey, these guys have the same job that you have. And what you're doing is like pretty small and mean and makes everybody uncomfortable and in a way is self-destructive because now you're going to be worried that everybody's going to leak your emails. So you should have thought of that. Do you think <laughs> about that guy? And so that's probably what I don't know. I don't know the appropriate response, but to me, it feels more like a cultural thing or a etiquette thing than a cheating thing. What would the motivation be for leaking anyway, just to just to show that the Astros can be hacked? Uh, it's not like there was anything super embarrassing in it. I don't know. Asking, asking, wait, what, who did they ask for for Lucas Harrell? <laughs> yeah, right. So they, they did have some, some strange trade proposals that they seemed to be asking a lot, but but it wasn't really embarrassing to the Astros other than the fact that they did have their security breached so maybe that's the whole thing and maybe the leak was just a mistake because you'd think that if you did this reportedly from your home (laughs) which is not smart probably then you wouldn't want to put it all on the internet for people to see because something like an fbi investigation could happen is showing is is breaking in actually its own reward is is the fact that there's not really any particularly great information that you're going to get secondary to the fact that by by doing this and doing it publicly you make it harder for the Astros to operate in good faith with the other 29 teams you make it maybe harder for them to work with agents and teams to get the players they want and you kind of slow them down because now they can't rely on their supposedly impenetrable system anymore and like you know Jeff Luno said the day of he said well I'm going to I'm going to be taking notes on pencil and paper now mm-hmm. uh, instead of this. Uh, I wonder if the, the disruption, if you create this kind of, if creating the paranoia is itself more valuable than anything you'd get out of it. Yeah, that could be. So, yeah, it's hard to, we got a listener, uh, listener email, an email from Andrew, uh, who pointed out that the only real analog that he could think of in the sporting world was the 2007 Formula One espionage controversy, which uh, had a pretty serious fine. It was like the McLaren Formula One team had confidential technical information about cars from the Ferrari team, and they were fined. They were banned for some from some Formula One championship, and they were fined $100 million, <laughs> which is a lot. It's like uh, six figures per page of document that they got from this. So I can't imagine any kind of harsh penalty like that. You would you would think that if it is found to be just one or more lower level front office employees with no clear directive from the top, just someone with a grudge, that those per- those people would be fired and fined and possibly face some some harsher legal penalty but that it wouldn't really extend to the cardinals most likely i don't know how you would extend it to the cardinals this is what we talked about it's kind of hard to punish a team for something that the front office does you could you could i don't know take away draft picks or take away draft pick money or revenue sharing or i don't know what but you could do those things but seems unlikely that that would happen to the first offender, which is why we talked at the time about how the first team to do this and get away with it would probably get a a lighter penalty than the second team to try it. A few minutes ago, 
I might have given the uh, I might have uh, implied that I was not against this. <laughs> and the more I sit here, the more I'm I'm unambivalently against this. I've decided it's not cool. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I would agree with it too. Okay. <laughs> was there a second question you were going to ask me? Penalty and oh, uh, will will this happen again in a uh, more serious way? Uh, where do you do you expect this issue to arise once again? And when it does, do you expect it to be along competitive lines? Yes, I agree. When how when how long? How long until we live in a world where uh, we're all all baseball teams are like those two companies in that movie with Clive Owen and Julia Roberts? Uh, you know, the one. do you know the one? Duplicity? Oh yeah, no, I didn't know. <laughs> How long until that? I well, I bet that we're gonna live in a world as as of today where people change their passwords when they change teams, which is a nice initial step. Probably should have been taken before, but I think we'll see it in the next decade. We'll see something else. I mean, if you're really sophisticated about it, then it might be happening, and we'll never know about it. You would if if the if the Cardinals had done this. And had not leaked it, right? Like if they had not leaked it, then we would not know about this. They could have logged in with Jeff Luno's password or whatever it was and poked around a bit and left and that would have been it. We never would have known about it. I, I, they wouldn't have flagged it as being accessed from some other IP. You probably have people in the Astros front office accessing it from the road all the time. So they wouldn't have known. So a team that's really using this for a competitive advantage would probably be more careful and sophisticated about it and would not leak it and would not do it from home. So very well might have happened. I would, I would, I mean, it has to have happened, right? Like there's so much movement among front offices. Just, well, I mean, interns, interns moving. There are interns who work for four or five teams before they get a job or give up. You'd think that... It has happened at some point. And some of those interns end up at BP where they have not given me any of this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, I, if only we had access to every team's internal database, we would know which ones had hacked. Because uh-huh. they probably have a big memo a in big, there about all their hacking activities. Results of hacking folder, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it has happened, might be happening, will happen again. And if you... Did it well, then no one would know, probably. Well, yeah, in this case, certainly. I mean, in most cases, you might you might have to you might have to do something that actually qualifies as hacking for a lot of teams. But in this case, yeah. I wonder how many. Okay, do you think that any of the other twenty eight teams also knew about and had access to the Astros ground control? Like, do you think word got out? Was this a known secret in <laughs> baseball that you could get into Luna's email? <laughs> Or do you think that it really was limited to one front office and maybe, you know, two guys in this front office? I guess limited. I guess limited. All right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, it's probably the probably the best example of a weird thing happening shortly after we talked about it, which happens a lot. I guess a lot of things happen and we talk a lot. So you'd think that a lot of things that we talked about would happen. But this is one of the strangest coincidences quickly following a podcast about this very topic okay so that is it 
you can send us emails or we can just pack your email accounts and take your email drafts that you were planning to send us at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. You can support our podcast by supporting our sponsor, the Play Index, by going to baseballreference.com using the coupon code BP and getting the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription with no risk of legal prosecution. And you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. We will be back soon.